Bet365 sponsor our podcast and feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. With the domestic season returning already... This weekend, with the Community Shield, you can use the Bet365 Bet Builder to combine a wealth of bets, including match results, players to score, number of goals, to create your own personalised bet. And if you want to feel closer to the action, then use the Bet365 Match Live feature. Become part of Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company, by downloading the app from your app store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to From the Rookerin, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me is Mike. Hello, John. Hello, it's early in the morning, but... We're awake, and we're awake for a new Watford season. It's on its way. Oh, yes, it's on its way. Uh, today's podcast, well, we're going to be speaking to an EFL podcaster called Ali Maxwell about what life in the Championship might look like. Uh, and, well, we're going to look ahead uh, and, and just do a bit, a bit of catching up, Mike. It's been a couple of weeks. Firstly, Mike, we, we, we've had the fixture list come out since we last spoke. Uh, I didn't really, it didn't mean much to me. Really, I did look for when we play Luton. I was grateful that the first one, the home one, uh, is going to be uh, definitely behind closed doors by the mm-hmm. looks of it. And of course, I looked for the Boxing Day one because I want to know how much, uh, if I'll be able to get out of family gatherings uh, <laughs> over Christmas. It's always what I like. Anything from it? Did, you, did it move you anyway? Well, I think we have to be really honest and say that, and I think everyone felt this, judging by the reaction on, on social media, the fact that none of us know when we're going to be allowed back in the ground together does mean that you look at it slightly differently because you know you're going to be watching remotely and I think that did take the edge off it you know one of the great things about the about the fixture list coming out for example is planning your away trips and it looks like the chances are that the visits to away grounds are, uh, are going to be not possible at all this season so it did take the edge off it slightly but you mentioned it there the, the match with Luton massive isn't it really there's a whole generation who haven't experienced Watford play Luton in the league and I can understand why some people are grateful that it's behind closed doors but really these games should be in front of a, a crowd. The last time Luton played Watford uh, at Vicarage Road was was interesting, of course. But you you need the atmosphere. I think that's what derbies are about is the is that febrile atmosphere. And I think once we get the first one out of the way, we'll be back into it. But hopefully, we don't have to play them too many times. So yeah, we're looking out for the Luton game was was a big one. And I think despite the fact it'll be behind closed doors, if tensions will be high on that day, and they'll be uh, they'll be it'll be exciting, won't it? But uh, yeah, like you say, Christmas and then and then the running. I suppose um, Luton play a part in that running, and there are some are some decent teams that that Watford play in in the running because hopefully you, you, Watford are going to be in the shake-up. God, listen to me being positive. Hey, tell the season hasn't started yet. So you look at the running, and then yeah, you look at the first clutch of games, and a really difficult game first up at home to Middlesbrough. He'll have them fired up and and, and ready to go. They sort of turn the corner a little bit towards the end of last year after a disappointing season. Yeah, the other thing is I mentioned with Ali is that. 
it's so familiar, isn't it? So many familiar faces, so many of these teams that we played time and time again. And looking at the, the list of away fixtures, there's not many that, that, we, that we haven't been to in terms of ground. So familiar and, uh, yeah, a bit of reality as well, I suppose, that uh, we are actually in the, in the championship. We have, as we feared, switched Liverpool for Luton. <laughs> well, we'll speak to uh, Ali a bit later on uh, and what he thinks and how the how that might pan out uh, in terms of uh, a footballing side and what the championship can offer Watford FC. Uh, will it be exciting or not? But you said we're not going to be able to go to these games. We can't plan our away trips, but we should. We think we're pretty sure uh, we'll be able to watch away games. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the club offered season ticket holders from last year the chance to secure your seat uh, for whenever the season tickets go on sale, whenever that might be. Cost you 20 quid, refundable. But it gives you certain rights, I, I see this, Mike. So in terms of watching, go with me on this. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree, please. The If you've got that seat, then you will get free access to live streaming of any home game that is selected for live transmission by Sky Sports. So if it's on Sky Sports, you've got that. It's a home game. You get to watch it somehow like we did for the first away game the home game we played against Leicester with BT Sport we probably have to sign up for a thing and get access to it that sort of thing but also any home or away fixtures selected by Sky as its midweek featured live match so that's one thing but you will be able to buy but not all the details of this are out yet a £10 match pass will be available to view live video stream of Watford's championship clashes on the Hive Live show uh, via the Watford app and Watford website uh, with the lovely Emma Saunders and the legendary Tommy Mooney. Uh, and we'll get to try this out to see how it works for only £5 when we see the, the Spurs pre-season friendly on Saturday 5th of September. <sighs> There's also a whole thing where you can buy one-off payment and get audio, but Mike, it does seem to be we are going to get to watch Watford play every game. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, before this announcement came, we were in this in the bizarre situation of, and it still is the case in the Premier League. We're recording this on uh, on Thursday morning that there's no nothing in place for Premier League supporters. So as it stands, there's no legal way if your club isn't on TV <laughs> to to watch the game, which is which just shows the serious impact of the of the pandemic and also the amount of sympathy I have for for not just our club Watford but all the other clubs who are scrambling scrambling to provide a service to, to supporters and you know you talk about uh, you know Hornets Hornets Live which is something that, that Watford have set up and they've they've surrounded it and made it a show which is which is great and it, it provides Watford supporters with something to to watch and enjoy but obviously Watford are, are well resourced at the moment having just come out of the Premier League and with the with the parachute money think about further down the the pyramid other clubs who are having to to try and create this service get this service across to to supporters without perhaps the uh, the funding and um, infrastructure that Watford have got so i think it does bring home just how difficult life during the pandemic it's still going on and after it is is going to be but i think the bottom line is it's good news isn't it we're going to be able to watch the games one way or another and i think paying for it is is right i think it's difficult for people to get their heads around it at the moment i saw a few couple of complaints on on social media yeah, that that people who had secured their seat and therefore committed to a season ticket were still being asked to, to pay. But the reality is none of us have paid for our season ticket. So we'd be getting something for free, in effect, if we if we weren't paying for the game. So ultimately, we're going to get a chance to, to watch Watford in, in action on, on, a, on a stream. And I think it's... Uh, 
that's all we could ask for really at this stage. It's obviously very, very difficult. Just looking forward to seeing the, the lads back in action. But I think all will become clear very, very quickly. And I have, I do have sympathy for, for the EFL and the various clubs because they're obviously having to, to do this on the hoof. They're having to sort of unpick deals and, and try and work out a way of keeping all the, you know, so much of football is based on these broadcast deals. So they're having to unpick certain aspects of those to, to allow, allow them to, to broadcast these games on a, on a game by game basis and of course it means the the 3 p.m blackout rule is being sort of temporarily suspended and it'll be interesting to see what that means for for teams outside the league pyramid for for whom that was um that was brought in to to protect so loads loads to unpick but speaking purely selfishly as a Watford supporter if it means we, we get to see our club which I think ultimately as a supporter you need to be able to watch your team otherwise otherwise football is a bit um Pure is the wrong word, but it's what's the point if if the fans can't watch? You know, I was lucky enough to be at Vicarage Road for the for the behind closed doors games last season, and on a purely selfish level, it, I felt lucky to be there. But it's no experience, you know. You do feel like well, if fans can't be here, it's 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 difficult. So the fact that more people are now going to be able to to watch it on a on a sort of set basis is is good news and hopefully we can start sort of supporting our clubs in a, in a, in a way that we know how, if that, if that makes sense. But ultimately it's, it's good news and I have sympathy for everyone involved who sort of is really scrambling to try and get the best possible service for, for fans up and down the country. And we, you know, we are lucky, like you said, the fact that our club have got this set up and they have been developing these things for a while and got the staffing to be able to, and expertise to be able to do this. There are some clubs down there that are going to have an absolute nightmare. I mean, we yeah. saw a, a live stream of Watford under-23s against Crawley, um, and that was one camera just following the game wherever it was, and that's what it's going to be like uh, for, I think, the vast majority of clubs. We, we probably aren't going to still have, for several of our games, uh, multi-camera angles and replays. And Can we see the replay of... Uh, of that offside, it might not happen. Um, that's quite a, a setup to be able to do that. Uh, and it's not a thing that Watford had to have. It was a thing that the Premier League just brought in and did what they did and then they, it all left after a game. So we'll, we'll see what it looks like. But the good thing is we get to sort of follow the story of our club and what's going to happen. We might, we could, it might be a while, it might be soon, but probably a while, get to see this story unravel uh, at home games. And again, these people who got their, their, their secured their seat uh, will be put into a ballot uh, of mainly or just season ticket holders from 1920, as well as match, tic- match ticket buyers from last season. It's not particularly historic, and that's only going to be £20, I think, for season ticket holders and £25 for uh, match ticket buyers. We're assuming it's going to be probably, what, most, most places I sort of seem to be, they're down to like a, a, a third uh, of their uh, possible capacity. So we'll see how that sort of gets out and how many that would be. Again, grumblings, Mike, on social media about, you know, if you, you know, what makes you a, a better supporter than another one, et cetera, et cetera, like going to away games or l- longevity. There was no win. There never is. I think the club no. probably pretty much aware of that. So it, it seems right. Let's just base it on last year. This isn't going to be necessarily for the whole year, and it's going to be a massive movable beast in terms yeah. of the numbers and how this sort of pans out. It's it's yeah it's, it ain't gonna stay the same for the whole season. No, it's a, and again it's one that I have a huge amount of sympathy for for not just Watford but all the clubs. I think you know the guidance that they're probably getting from. I don't want to get too political on uh, on this podcast, but the <laughs> guidance they're getting from the government is probably 
like you say, John, liable to change on, on a regular basis. I don't think there's any indication of a time where, where supporters are going to be allowed back in and indeed what those sort of numbers are. I think it has been announced that there's going to be a trial of supporters going to a Brighton home friendly, which, which is encouraging. It shows that they've sort of got their eye on it and are trying to get people back in, into grounds. But it is, it's very, very difficult. And yeah, I think ultimately the club have tried to keep it simple and fair which you can't really argue with that because like you say with so many moving parts keeping it simple and keeping it fair is 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 the right way to do it season ticket holders are the people that commit the money up front usually on a on a yearly basis and therefore Watford I think feel the need to to prioritize them and then people who have who have forked over money to to go to home games last season Similarly, you know, they've invested in the in the club last year uh, during a difficult season, so perhaps they deserve more credit than the normal for t- for turning up week in week out. You know, there's only going to be home games, so I think it's right to look at look at home attendance. Um, you're never going to please anyone because there are people that go home and away, and and obviously they are loyal. No one's questioning their their the the loyalty of of people. That there's people that don't miss matches, and 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 let's make no bones about it. That takes a hell of a commitment, both time and financial. Um, so that, you know, there's no one taken away from from those guys at all. But this is a very very difficult situation. It's no one's quite quite sure what the what the situation is going to be. So keeping it fair and simple, I think, are those two watchwords that that Watford have gone for and and as far as I can tell with this and the and the match pass thing it seems like it's the it's the most uh, sensible way of of moving forward and you know Watford are are good on this I think they they try hard to, to take into account feelings they try to take into account loyalty and I think they will be as nimble as they possibly can as as the thing starts to starts to unfold I quite like the idea though this ballot we're not going to get you're not going to get your seat you might get anywhere in the ground Imagine if you get one of the black seats in the middle of the Graham Taylor stand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How was that game? It was so comfortable <laughs> for the first time ever. Um, but I quite like the idea of like flicking around and being at the top, at the bottom, maybe over here. Maybe I'm, I'm talking like I'm going to get – you know, we don't know how many this is going to be. It's interesting the number they did say is there were 11,000 season ticket holders. So if they all went, that's 50%, isn't it? Yeah. So that's going to be quite interesting. So I'm, I'm assuming a massive chunk of season ticket holders uh, will be able to go to those games, um, but you're not going to go to every game. That's a fact. Uh, so that's, again, these things are, are building, changing all the time. Uh, one thing that isn't particularly changing, Mike, at the moment is transfers. Um, and that's leaving me a little bit, I don't know, a little bit even, you know, you'll hear our chat with Ali later on. Um, nothing's really happened. Uh, Jeremy Ngakia uh, has come in uh, and that's it. No one's particularly left. There's lots of rumours who have left and I suppose that's the feeling. There's there's speculation, which I always think is a waste of time because um, things change so much. But the, it's the mm. one thing, this, that's stopped stop me feeling... I don't want to use the word comfortable, but it's stopping me feeling and getting my head clear for what's ahead this season. I think that's fair, and I don't think we should skate over Ngakia. I think that there was talk about it. I don't, it wasn't a massive surprise when he when he came in. It was it felt like it was a bit of an open secret that he was going to sign for for Watford. But I think West Ham had had high hopes for him. I believe there was um, uh, he was attracting attention from the uh, from the Bundesliga as well. So I think Watford have got a, a, a player on their hands there, and I think it says something about the the setup at Watford that despite being relegated, they were still able to to attract him. 
Um, I mean, he could be cynical and say they've offered him more money than West Ham. Whatever. They've, I think they've got a player on their hands there. But yeah, I understand exactly what you mean, John. It's difficult to get too excited because, yes, we've got the fixtures. Yes, we're starting to get a picture of who's going to be, how we're going to be able to watch the games. Yes, we've got a picture that perhaps some of us will be in, in the ground for a couple of games at, at some stage later in the year. But we still don't know really the most important thing, which is going to be the... The setup, the the um, the nature of the of the team of the squad. There's still an awful lot to to sort out. I don't think it's just Watford that that, that haven't had many ins and outs. If you know, I'm like you, John. I try not to get too bogged down in in ins and outs because until they happen, so much can you know, you never know what's right and wrong. So, but you can't help getting drawn into it. You do, you know. At lunchtime, you check you check news now and Sky and and Twitter and stuff for for any news, and there just doesn't seem to be much happening outside the. Uh, I mean, Messi's dominating now. I don't think there's much chance of uh, of him turning up at WD eighteen, but. <laughs> It's, there's a lot to be done still. It feels like, doesn't it? It feels like there are there are there are a lot of players that that are likely to leave, and I think one thing that we do have to do as Watford supporters is get our heads in a realistic state of mind, which is that we've got a lot of a lot of really really good players. Not that many of them showed it last year, uh, but we have got a lot of of of, of quality players and it's going to be very very difficult to keep a large proportion of them I think the the, the big story from Watford this um, this week really has been the potential departure of of Etienne Capu and while obviously that would be a real it'd be a, you know everyone would be sorry to see him go it can't be deemed a surprise because he basically he's too good for the championship that's that's the way it is he's now you of, say I, that Michael and I agree on his day he is way way <laughs> too much the championship but he definitely put in a fair few championship performances he, over the last five years come he on has, come he has on. been capable of that but you know the the likelihood of him staying at a championship side is 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 minimal. And the same goes for for Delefeu. Decore has obviously been manoeuvring for a move for a little while. Pereira, you'd expect to go. It's going to be difficult to hold on to. You know, Danny Welbeck, you'd expect perhaps one of the promoted sides. He'd he'd be an attractive signing. Um, so we are going to lose some really really good players, and and that's what happens when you get relegated. And I think we ha- we have to understand that. We have to appreciate that. Obviously, um, Gino and Scott and 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 Ivic will be working together to try and keep as many of the, as the crown jewels as we can but the reality is it ain't going to happen because they're not going to want to they didn't really want look like they wanted to play for Watford last year let alone this year in the championship so I think we have to be realistic in in our expectations but also I think we have a right to to expect if big players do go they need to be looking at uh, who comes in to replace them you know there, there's a lot said about the scouting network and and the effort and the the resource that goes into to finding these players some have been great, some not so good, but they did well, didn't they? When we we assembled a, a, a really good squad to get us out of the championship um, last time round, and I think it's all eyes on them, hoping that they they can do it again, unearthing some more some more diamonds. But yeah, it's like you say, it's it's hard to get too excited, hard to get too laser focused, and try to work out how the games are going to pan out without knowing which eleven is going to take to the field. And I think it will be some time before that is that is sorted because obviously the transfer window is is extended so i think the team that takes the the vicarage road turf on the on the friday night in the first game of the season could be very different to the one that plays in in two three weeks after after that so a lot of work to to be done and i expect to see some sort of activity ramping up in the in the next week or so because it's not long now is it 
No, and uh, we know that there's definitely one change uh, in the hierarchy at Watford. Um, the man known as Cristiano Giretta, uh, who is the new, and I don't know what this means, I don't know what this means, sporting director. There's a technical director and a sporting director. What does that mean? Who knows? Uh, uh, hmm. Give us an email, podcast at from the Uh He's in place, and I think for lots of uh, Watford fans, especially uh, quite a large number who I saw away at Brighton last year, uh, the frustration was aimed solely at Filippo Giraldi. Um, and there's been lots of talk, uh, particularly if you... There's a couple of articles Adam's written, actually, all, all on this, uh, on the athletic.com. Uh, you can get three thirty 30-day trial, by the way, uh, if you go to the athletic.com forward slash rookery end. Uh, cost you four ninety nine a month after that, but it's about 15p a day, uh, which is about the normal price of a newspaper. Uh, or oh, a very, very cheap newspaper. Uh, there's two he's done. One is called How Strong and Concise Ivic and Trusted Staff Will lead restructured Watford and that's where Cristiano will I think come into that quite a lot Mike he's a big part of the re-energizing and remodeling of the management of this team yeah I think so and and like you say John I'm the, I'm the same as you sporting director technical director I'm not not sure in terms of what their what their nine to five is is like and what their what their difference is but you know his his first interview very very positive talking about how they've got everything at their at their disposal to to, to make it a su- successful season and yeah it feels like another step doesn't it another piece of the jigsaw in the sort of remodeling of of Watford was it Watford 2.0 Watford 3.0 you know new new head coach with a with a new style and an, an, a new sort of like you say fresh blood on this side of things and yeah Watford needed some sort of shake-up didn't they they needed a bit of reinvigoration and it looks like he'll be working alongside Filippo Giraldi and like you say he was coming for, for a lot of criticism I think a lot of that is because he, he is purely so visible um, if it's not him it would be someone else and I suppose the argument is would that someone else be positioned behind the dugout would they be so obvious before and after games who knows? And and would you notice if Watford are winning every game? If Watford go on to to win the championship and and Filippo Giraldi still as as visible, will be he be getting all the credit because he seems to get all the uh, all the brickbats when things aren't going wrong? But yeah, it's it's another piece of the jigsaw. And yeah, like you say, John, you'd like to think that he's he's leading or playing a big part in that sort of shift away from the the malaise that we found ourselves in 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 last year. And I think. As I mentioned before, I think this will herald the start of a number of announcements from Watford of uh, of changes in in personnel. But he's another one that looks like business. He's he's been around the block. He's he's had some interesting roles around around Europe. Fascinating to see uh, see what he can do. Adam's article also talks about the uh, the coaches that we surrounding uh, Ivic, uh, and again check it out on theathletic.com forward slash rookery end if you haven't already subscribed. <laughs> We're told. The economy, well, I'll go back to work next week. Mike's already back at work. The economy is back underway. And with it, the world of sport. Brilliant. Two great combinations. With Bloomberg and The Athletic, you can stay ahead of the curve thanks to two world-class news desks covering developments across finance, economics, technology and sport. Subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, for a limited time, you can receive a complimentary Athletic subscription. Go to Bloomberg.com forward slash subscription to sign up today. A podcast made by Watford fans and for Watford fans from the rookery end.
I've got a whole new set of podcasts I need to subscribe to, Mike. Now we're back in the championship <laughs> to learn a little bit more. Uh, Ali Maxwell hosts not one but two EFL podcast. The first one, which is running for a few years now, comes out early in the week on a Monday called Not the Top 20. Uh, and that they discuss all the EFL clubs from the Championship through to League One. Uh, and the other one, uh, which is part of the Athletic, comes out on a Thursday called Going Up, Going Down, which is called what life in the EFL should be all about. Well, only going up, hopefully. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you also catch him as a host of Zonal Marking uh, with the uh, tactical aficionado from the Athletic, Michael Cox. It's been five years since Watford have been in the Championship, so Mike and I caught up with him to find out how things have been. <laughs> Ali, Watford are back in the Championship. It's been a few years. Is it as bonkers as we remember it to be? It is bonkers. It's magnificent. <laughs> I'm fully biased, obviously. I mean, covering the league... Is the dream in terms of just having just so much to talk about all of the time. Um, for, there's a lot of cliches about the championship, and most of them are, are true, to be honest. Like, uh, anyone can beat anyone is always the classic. Uh, there's always someone that makes a late run into the playoffs, all things like that. Like, they're, they're mostly founded in truth. The beauty of covering the EFL, of course, is just that every single season, because of promotion and relegation, you're talking about different clubs at the top and at the bottom, dare I say, in the middle as well. And it just makes it so much more interesting, I think. And again, full bias here than, than talking about the, the Premier League each week, uh, even season to season. So uh, it, it's completely bonkers and it's very hard to predict. And for the most part, you have to try not to do too many predictions for want of looking quite stupid. <laughs> You're doing a good job of selling the, the championship to us Watford fans. We're still a bit sore about being back down in the in the AFL. So we're looking to bounce back as, as soon as possible. So we're yeah. looking at the teams and you mentioned that there is, the, you know, the, the makeup of the of the championship does change pretty dramatically every season. And a lot of people, and I don't think many Watford fans are saying this, we've been burnt too many times before, but a lot of people are looking at the division and saying, perhaps is it the weakest it's been in a, in a little while? You, you've got more experience of it recently than us. How, what, what's your take on that in terms of the makeup of the, of the division this year? Is it a good year for Watford to have gone down, perhaps? I think so. I think so. And I think discussions about the quality of the division are always so difficult because every season uh, is so different. And and actually, what is a, a good quality division is, is very difficult to work out. I think people tend to measure it by how good are the teams at the top of the division. And in that sense, I think it probably is a good time for Watford to come down. Now, I mean, it all kind of stems from, I think, the uncertainty surrounding just the game at the moment because of coronavirus, specifically the, the sort of financial uncertainty. Compared to League 1 and League 2, the Championship seems to be in better nick, partly because there are a lot of clubs in the Championship that get given money by the Premier League, parachute payments, as Watford will be in receipt of for, uh, well, certainly for three years if you stay down. Uh, there's a lot of clubs across the league who are you know, given this parachute payment money, and, and that helps to... Uh, boost the coffers at a time where clearly uh, revenues will be down because there won't be fans in the stadium. But I, I think that partly because of the uncertainty surrounding coronavirus, we are, what, three weeks from kickoff and transfer business is still pretty light on the ground. Like most clubs, or a lot of clubs have only made one signing maybe. Some haven't made any, uh, mostly one or two signings. There's only a few teams that have been really busy in the transfer market. And I think the effect that that has is, because last season doesn't feel like long ago, just a few weeks ago it finished, those teams that are, that are still in the league, let's say who finished in the top half or were losing uh, playoff teams, 
it's actually hard to find one of them at the moment who is obviously going to kick on because normally you might base that on uh, the signings that they make, but most clubs still haven't done a huge amount in that regard. So for the for the majority of teams, you're, you're kind of still judging them on, on what they looked like one month ago or two months ago as the season finished. It's and, interesting and therefore... you say that, Ali, because some Watford fans are, are getting a little bit panicky that, that there hasn't been much business. We're expecting to see a fair few players go out. Obviously, we're a Tier 2 side now, so hanging on to Tier mm. 1 players is going to be difficult. And so we're looking to re- reshape, rebalance remould the squad and a lot of Watford supporters are you know checking Twitter checking social media not seeing much activity and perhaps getting a little bit a bit tetchy and, mm. and, a, and a bit nervous but from what you're saying there it seems like Watford aren't aren't the only ones in this division who are who are not that, doing much business yet that's true but you have the I mean but coming down from the Premier League you almost have to ship players out before you ship them in mm. like the 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 the, the the stats on teams bouncing straight back up are so poor in the last five years, especially. Oh, wonderful! Only, Thank uh, you. Um, the, the, but the, but it's such it's probably the most interesting conversation to have about the championship, or one of them. Uh, it, it's such a. It just doesn't make any sense in so many ways, as you say. You're coming down with a lot of tier one players. You're coming down with uh, forty million quid being given to you just because of the division that you were in last season. Um, it, there's so many supposed advantages on paper that don't seem to translate onto uh, a cohesive team unit, uh, certainly to start with. So um, we've certainly been burnt in the past at just looking at the squads of the teams that come down. Stoke spring to mind from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And just thinking, like, I know that there's a relegation hangover and I know that there's some bad vibes around the club because relegation always produces a bad atmosphere and, and lots of finger pointing, but still, surely those players are good enough to be better than, than the majority of squads in this division. For some reason, it doesn't always translate to that. So um, I, I, I get what you're saying, but what I would say is a lot of the clubs who were in the league last season, they might not have signed a lot of players, but they have got an established squad, an established starting eleven, or dare I say, a squad of 16 to 18 players who are settled. They have managers who uh, are settled, and that could go quite a long way, I think, certainly to start the season, where the likes of yourself and Bournemouth, it looks like, have a lot of work to do just in terms of trading players out and in. Uh, a lot of clubs will be almost exactly the same as they were last season, and that could take them quite a long way in, in that initial period where things are a bit up in the air for your lot. A lot, a lot of Watford fans, the ones that aren't getting panicky about transfers, are sort of perhaps looking through slightly rose-tinted spectacles about their return to the Championship. Of course, the last time we were there, it was an incredible season. We had mm-hmm. that ding-dong battle that ended up in uh, in a memorable promotion. As is natural, but potentially, you look at dropping down a division, and the initial thing is you think, right, we're going to win lots more games, so it's going to be lots more mm-hmm. more fun. But you've just mentioned there that teams that go oh. down do tend to struggle. So are Watford supporters right to be looking forward to this, this return to the Championship? And and also, just to push you a little bit on that, what what Watford need to do to make sure they're not one of those clubs that, that go down and, and, and falter? You know, there's people like Stoke, Huddersfield in particular, who who have found it mm. difficult since going down. How do Watford avoid avoid that trap? I think, firstly, both sides are valid. Like, I, I definitely agree that it's going to be much more fun, much more pleasant watching your team play football in this division. It's such a basic... It doesn't feel like good analysis at all, but you're going to <laughs> score more goals, you're going to create more chances, you're going to have more of the ball, you're probably going to be more proactive with the ball, um, and that is clearly a better thing. The games come thick and fast, and therefore disappointments can be put aside pretty quickly. Um, it's unlikely, because of the, the, the nature of the division, 
But the difference in the the main difference in the Championship to the Premier League, apart from not having that you know that sort of big six as you do in in the Prem, uh, is that the just quite quite frankly the difference between teams is small, and that means that the, the chance of random results is big. It, it is just more interesting and more exciting, I think. But, I mean, the other side of that is fan expectation. You could easily say, well, it's going to be more fun to watch Watford this season, but we still might not achieve my expectation, which might be to bounce straight back up again. So I think those are almost two separate things. Um, it's right to have ambition. It's interesting you brought up Huddersfield. When they came down last season, they pretty much said outwardly, like, well, we're not that fussed about going back up again. Like, it felt... <laughs> It felt like they'd found the Premier League a bit traumatic, to be honest. <laughs> and they kind of, you know, you hear the word consolidation used and you can understand why. But, but sometimes I think uh, that kind of rubs off on the club and, and teams who have been losing historically for a year or two find it difficult to turn that around. So it looks like the club are pretty ambitious and, and they want to bounce straight back up. That seems like a, a good way of coming at it, as long as um, they're doing the right things in the transfer market and, and around the place to try and freshen up the atmosphere because... Uh, I, I think to, to, to approach what you asked about Watford specifically, I think so much of it comes down to the manager. When I'm looking at this Watford squad, understanding that there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of transfers in and out, especially, um, I can't really rely on what the team will look like in a month's time or, or by mid-October when the transfer window finishes. So what I'm looking at at the moment, and again, you can't say it because you've hired a manager who, who has no history in English football, I don't subscribe to the view that that is necessarily a problem in and of itself. You get a lot of people who say, oh, no experience in this division. Uh, we've seen plenty of managers achieve success in recent years with no experience in this division. Uh, y- you guys know full well with, with Slavisa, of course, who is one of, he's kind of the royalty in this division, I would say, with what mm-hmm. he did with, with Watford and Fulham. So um, I, can't profess to know much more about Mr. Ivic, aside from what I've read from Ad- Adam Leventhal on The Athletic. That all seems quite quite positive. Seems like he's he's done pretty well everywhere he's been. Seems like he's the sort of character, maybe a bit like Bilic last season with West Brom, who doesn't let things phase him too much and could just be quite a strong leader for a, a squad of players that are going to be in need of a leader because of all the turnover. So, look, I'm probably feeling quite positive, partly due to, I'm just guessing that Ivic is going to be quite good. And I think that that's going to be very important. If it turns out that he's useless, then things will probably be a bit miserable. But look, I, I do think that in terms of picking out people that I think will definitely be right at the top um, f- from the teams that uh, left over from the division last year, as we record at, at the end of August, it's difficult to put your finger on one definitely. So it's there for the taking if, if Watford can hit the ground running or even if they start kind of slowly but build something special towards the second half of the season. I'm trying to get a, like a, a take on where the division is. I, I look at it and I see a bunch of teams who we're bound to lose three nil to at least one of them, and they've been uh-huh. yo-yoing between you know League One and there's is, you know there's also there's there's our friends up the M1 and, and Wickham who have sort of made their way up you know from League Two to League One and into the Championship. But there's there's these, these they're almost like old friends: you know, Derby, <laughs> Brentford, Preston, Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol, Nottingham, you know Reading, QPR, Birmingham. They, they're still there. They're still there. And you, know, you look at where they finished last five years. They flirted. Several of them have made some appearances in the playoffs. But they've, they've, they're still there. They're not doing anything. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that because of the financials that are going on, especially with Derby and Sheffield Wednesday with the bigger issues they've got, there's going to be a chance that these teams are just not going to be able to, to push any further this year? That's very fair to say. I mean, because of the nature of the league and football in general, Maybe one or two of them will kick on. Um, sometimes you can't 
put your finger on it. You can't see it coming a few weeks before the season, but it, it may be that two months in, we realise that actually Derby under Koku, uh, without the off-field issues that they had at the start of last season with what happened with the drink-driving incident, without the uh, they've had an excellent week off the field, as weird as that seems to say, uh, um, in, in that they weren't deducted points for something that they've been wrangling over with the EFL for the last year or so. And they're going to have this group of really exciting young players that have come through their academy. Derby's academy has been one of the shining lights in the EFL. They've played in the Youth Champions League with great success. And that group of players are now starting to break their way into the first team. So I think certainly Derby are a side that will be feeling really positive. Their player of the year last year, Matt Clark, was on loan from Brighton. He's a centre-back. They've just got him back again for another year. So they're definitely going to be coming at this uh, with, with a really positive mindset. Brentford are a team that we that we admire a lot uh, on the podcast. It's hard not to because without any parachute payments, without albeit with a you know with a fantastic owner who does inject a lot of money into the club, the way that they have risen up from being basically a League Two, League One size club into a, a challenger in, in Championship level. The way that they're run makes me think that they'll all that they until they win promotion they will always at least be a challenger. So it might be that they take a while to get going because they lost the playoff final and maybe a bit of hangover through that. But especially potentially losing their two key attacking players in Watkins and Ben Rama. But you, you kind of more than most teams you, you you back them to get it right. You back them to probably already have the replacements in the building, um, uh, guys that will step up. Uh, and then there's a, you know there's clubs like Preston and Bristol City uh, and Nottingham Forest who have built really well in the last few years. Preston's sort of slow, gradual improvement year to year. They're, they're the sort of team that you don't like to play because they're very combative, but they've got quality as well. They've got some fantastic players, Preston, who probably aren't as as, as big a names as some of the others. Um, Sheffield Wednesday are in a bit of a mess. They, they have been deducted 12 points, so they'll start right at the bottom. You know, In order to stay up, Sheffield Wednesday need to be uh, basically a mid-table team or better. And uh, last, last year they weren't. They were pretty poor. They were a bottom half of the table team. They had long spells where they couldn't buy a win. And they're having to sort of shed shed skin, so to speak. They're going through a, a lot of squad churn as well without the finances to to, to buy uh, recognised names. So it's a tough job for Gary Monk. I'm a bit worried about Sheffield Wednesday. I, I, I guess Forrest are a good team to touch on. Last season was the first season in 10 years that they finished the season with the same manager that they started the season mm-hmm. with. So, look, it's, it, they were probably quite chaotic when you left the division. They've continued to be quite chaotic for four years since. And now maybe there's a bit more stability. A, a good manager in Sabri Lamucci, they had a sort of pretty... They, they kind of imploded in the final game, which meant they missed out on the playoffs. But make no mistake, like, they're going to be a good team. They're very tough to break down. He's a great tactician, Lamucci. Uh, and they've added a, a, an extra striker in Lyle Taylor, who I think is one is is going to be a great addition to their squad. So, yeah, I think Forest and Derby and, and Brentford probably are out of those that you'll remember from from previous iterations of the Championship might well be challenges. Uh, and maybe in the case of Brentford, that's something a bit new for Watford fans. It's, as John alluded to, it's it really is quite startling how familiar most of these names in the division <laughs> are. And it's a bit dispiriting, really, how quickly you get used to seeing all the names. But something that isn't so familiar is obviously the, the way these games are going to be conducted behind closed doors and then obviously phasing through to having some people in attendance. How did championship sides, as a, as a rule, if you can sort of extrapolate out, how did they react to, to games being played behind closed doors and and for example I'm looking at you know Watford going to let's take Wickham as an example a much much smaller ground than the majority of these players will be used to playing at it's going to be empty 
what do you thought sort of impact do you think that will have on a on a team coming down? It's really difficult. I, I would start by saying I don't know to be honest because mm-hmm. I think in the way that I look at football and, and try and analyse the division, one of the things I'm one of my sort of drawbacks that I'm very wary of is is the psychological side and, and what it feels like as a player. Um, I don't have that experience, so it's very difficult to know really what is going through an individual player's mind or a collective team mentality um, when there's fans versus when there aren't fans. What we did see, which I, I think was pretty much a given across all divisions, across all of Europe, was uh, a reduction in home advantage, certainly. Um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily... Uh, as extreme as these games basically being played on a neutral venue, because I think there is something to be said for playing on a, on a pitch and even in an empty stadium, but one that you're, you're sort of used to your surroundings. But uh, there, were, there was a, a reduction in, in home wins and a, an increase in away wins. So, um, again, trying to work out who that favours, I think, is really difficult. Like, um, it, it kind of works both ways and for all teams. So you can kind of go around in circles. And uh, I, I think... One thing we did see was uh, really strong teams who are good in possession uh, tended to dominate games. That's nothing new, but potentially a little bit more um, post post lockdown uh, behind closed doors. Um, but equally, teams who are really comfortable in a de- in a defensive structure, teams who are comfortable sitting deep and defending and waiting for moments to counter attack. Um, you know that they they had some joy as well. So the, the, the beauty of the division, guys, is that. And, and I dare say this was the case five years ago, but potentially more and more so, is that the difference in in um, where the managers are coming from, um, many from from abroad, and they bring different ideas. The the the, the difference in tactical setups from week to week and game to game, I, I think, is just makes it what it is. You're going to come up against so many different styles. You're going to have to have a few different ways of playing, unless Watford can just fully impose themselves on all opposition. And if you're a top team, then maybe you can do that like Leeds and West Brom and, and Brentford. Um, but, you know, let's hope that that uh, Ivic has got some tactical flexibility because I think you're going to need it. And that's why I think the division is so exciting and so interesting. We're the Orns. You're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Mike, did that help hinder, make things more clear to you? Sort of... You know, do you do you feel like you know what we're going to be coming up against this year in the championship? I liked his Ali's positivity. I seemed to think that Watford are. Uh, I are thought in you'd the... hate that, Mike. It's well, no, gets I... all your bones in your body. It does because it frees. <laughs> he's being positive, so it frees me up to be negative and nervous. So you see, so it's yin and yang. You've okay. always got to have okay. the. Uh, okay. Um, but you know, like to hear an outsider sort of be be relatively positive about about Watford's chances are, are good because you know, as someone who's watched the the EFL, he would have seen, well, as he mentioned, teams come out of the Premier League and and struggle to sort of be of the opinion that Watford may well have the tools to to do well in the division is is positive. And look, the reality is Watford have spent a lot of time in in that division. I think everyone listening has has probably seen a lot of games against a lot of the teams we're going to we're going to come up against and you would hope yeah, this is very simplistic you'd hope that this season we're going to win more games than we did last season because you know without you know the, the quality of the, the the opponents is inferior that is the bottom line premier league championship better teams in the premier league than there are in the championship but it's so it's just so difficult you also mentioned that the, the the point that in reality the difference between so many clubs 
is 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 quite small. The the way the games come so thick and fast that that sort of does level things out a little bit. The the recovery time is is nowhere near what it is in in the Premier League where you can go a long time without without a game sometimes. So there are loads of different factors, and then of course you've got to throw in the fact that it's behind closed doors and which teams are going to re- react as as well to that than than others. Knowing that it's a, a longer term thing, you know, going back last last year and accepting that it's going to be nine games compared to. You know, it could be 10, 20, 30, could be the whole lot behind closed doors this year. So there's a whole load of stuff at, at play. But the bottom line is we're no strangers to this division. We know how hard it, it is. We talk with joy about when Slav took us up, but let's not forget how stressful that was. It was enjoyable, ultimately, because we, we could look back on it and, and enjoy it knowing that it was successful. But it was so stressful, wasn't it? It was hard work. We had a couple of unexpected defeats thrown in to make it difficult. We had to scrap for, for so many wins. We had to turn so many games around. We had to work so hard for that, for that promotion and a lot had to go right. So I don't think anyone should be under any illusion as to how, how difficult this is going to be, especially under these circumstances. We said earlier about we don't know the, what the makeup of the squad's going to be and it. There's a potential for the first two, three weeks for it to be a, a changing squad. So that makes things difficult. Are we going to be able to get off to a good start? Not knowing. The, the makeup of the the squad so it, it it's exciting um some of it's a bit sort of oh, reading away is that does that get the juices flowing but then i found a picture actually came up on my uh, one of my social media feeds to sort of remember this five or six years ago and it was the three all draw away at oh yeah reading it was the year before we went up and there was a picture of me and my brother bundling down the front i'd taken off the uh off the off the, off the tv so actually away at reading uh, who scored that goal it was what's his name wasn't it uh diego fabrini, diego fabrini and he, he he looked an absolute world beater when he came on that afternoon but uh hey we might get another diego fabrini <laughs> fingers crossed well, as long as if we get another diego fabrini and if before long we get more opportunities to be to be bundling down the front in the away end then uh then i'll be happy with that it's it's the championship is an exciting division to be in all the cliches Ali mentioned anyone can beat anyone so they're all true as he said and I guess look we've got no option but to but to relish it it's going to be difficult there's going to be downs hopefully a lot more ups and downs but I think Watford are going to be in a good position to have a proper tilt at it we're going in probably as favourites as among the favourites um, 4-4-2 came out yesterday they had us down at third uh, as third but I think some of the bookies have got us as as favourites for promotion so that brings with it a little bit of um, a little bit of pressure something that we didn't really have when we when we came up last year I don't think we were necessarily favourites then so you know can we live up to can we live up to that favourites tag who knows but uh it's just, it's football, it's it's a, a division we know well, and it is an exciting division. Anything could happen, and, and it probably will. Bring it on. I did some preparation uh, for this. I sat myself through uh, the Amazon Prime documentary season on uh, Leeds, not this year, the year before, where they got into the playoffs uh, and then lost uh, in the first round to, to Derby. But just the, the games they won and they were great and then the games they lost against teams that you would expect them to win against. I thought, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but I have spent, and you, you probably as well, Mike, you spent as a Watford fan about 70% of your life as a Watford fan in the championship yeah, or it. at least in old money division two yeah. and we'll uh, we'll see what that life is like in the 2020 2021 in only a few weeks time thank you very much mike 
No problem at all. Looking forward to it. Bring it on. And thank you very much to Ali for his time. We're back with a full-on Watford season preview very, very soon. Come on, you orange!